Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Thank you, Minister Micah and team. Let's read the Word. Well, let's go from verse 3. New King James Version. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high things, two different Greek words right there, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Father, thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't have notes for you. I'm glad for some of the notes that I have. I've had, a, I've had an interesting week, and uh, I'll be getting on an airplane uh, tomorrow morning with my beautiful wife and my son and heading off to the Hawaiian Islands. Got my COVID test 72 hours before, and uh, it's negative. So we're happy about that. Amen. And uh, I guess you got to carry your test around with you now. And uh, either that or a vaccine card wherever you go there. And so we'll be carrying my test and uh, bringing that. And so grateful to be healed and whole. Is there anybody else to be grateful to be healed and whole? We pray for those that are struggling under that scourge, that Chinese virus, the, the, the uh, COVID-19. We pray be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. And... Uh, so I have been in a fasted state, uh, not a full water fast, but just restricted and simplified foods to, because uh, I just needed God more. Does anybody need God more? Yes. Fasting will bring your, your heart before the burning bush of God's presence, says our friend Mike Bickle. And if you want breakthrough, I know of no better way than to fast and to pray. And when I say fasting from a Christian perspective, it's not fasting to cleanse your colon. Although that, that does happen. It's not about colon cleansing. It's about getting on fire for God and cleansing your heart, cleansing your mind, and uh, not rending your garments, but rending your heart before the Lord. And uh, as I've been doing that, I have begun to have some increased encounters with the Lord. And a very unusual thing that happened, uh, the way that it came about, uh, I don't know that I'll go into all that, but out of that, uh, I bring to you this message, and the text talks about strongholds, and we'll, we'll get into the, we'll get into the context of that, what the Apostle Paul is saying, and uh, and then I'm going to bring it home, and uh, we'll see where the Lord will take us. Um, one of the th thoughts I had before I left my uh, my uh, couch of revelation at home um, is. When I first gave my heart to Christ, I, I had a lot of issues. Just ask my mom. She could be interviewed over here and she could tell you. I had a lot of issues. Dr. Morocco said I had my mind blown. My brains were fried from a horrible lifestyle of sin. And uh, I used to hear him say that, and I just didn't agree. You know, I'm like, yeah, I was bad, but I'm not that bad. I'm not you know, so I 
He said, oh, one of my staff, he's a pastor now. When he came in here, his brains were fried. His brains were blown on drugs. I'm thinking, who's that? (laughs) And so I remember he said it again, and I happened to be there, and he's like, is that right, Daniel? I'm like, yeah, you know, it was the other staff. And so I said, you know, about that, my brain wasn't, I think you're, he says, no, Daniel. (laughs) And then one of the other staff says, dude. What? Whatever. Your brains were blown. Okay. How many of you know your opinion of yourself might not be accurate? I see people hitting each other. He's talking about you. Yeah. Some of you, some of you, some of you are like, I'm all lean, but really, you just haven't turned sideways in the mirror lately. You can have thoughts about yourself. Let's have a praise break, shall we? You can have thoughts about yourself that are not true. And you can think things about God that are not true. You can think things about people that are not true. For the longest time, and I've said this before, uh, but for the longest time in my family, I had an opinion about certain things the way they happened. And when I grew up and I matured and got healed, my, my idea of how things happened weren't exactly accurate. And I had perception, absolutely. And you can have a perception about somebody that, where a wound took place in your life, and you can have a perception about somebody and hold them in that place and like forgive them, and then find out actually they didn't even do it. I mean, that's crazy, is it? Because there's ways of thinking that, are, that, that can shut down the anointing. And shut down the power of God. If you want to flow in God's power, you want to move into everything that God has for you, you have to get after it. And you have to learn to renew your mind. So I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about, if the Lord lets me, uh, an instance that took place over this last week. And if you've been watching my ETS program, that's at uh, 1230 every day, unless I'm on an airplane or I forget or something happens. It's mostly consistent. Uh, then you, you'll get some repeated uh, information here. So let's do it. You ready? Come on, look, look, bump your neighbor and say you're in a battle. You're in a battle. Look at your other neighbor and say, oh, you're in a battle. I want to say uh, this is a review, some of this. I have preached along these lines Dozens of times here. This is not some new message, but as a coach would bring a team through calisthenics and, and some drills so that you, you, so that you get it down, I'm going to review some of this. Because some of you are like, oh yeah, stronghold. But you have no idea what it is. And you have tons of them in your life. And you're wondering what's holding you up. Oh, back to my, my I'm looking at John back there because he confirmed what the Lord spoke to me uh, in the onset in this introduction. I want to share that. And I, I, I got sidetracked because I'm uh, fasting and a little spacey. I want to apologize to our media people. Uh, the, the baptism is in September, and it's just September 1st. So, so sorry. I thought I was in October for a second, but actually we're in September. And so the date was right for all of you that want to follow the Lord in the ordinance of baptism. Okay, so, so coming in, 
I had a lot of broken places. I didn't know how to have healthy relationships. I didn't know how to eat healthy. I didn't know how to handle my emotions. I was like a roller coaster. I was like elated one minute, depressed the next, up and down and up and down and up and down. I had all kinds of challenges. I couldn't handle my money. I couldn't balance. I didn't balance, balance a checkbook. Some of you don't know what that is. A checkbook is something that you used to have back in the day, and you would write down entries, you know. I learned to do it in high school, but I, I would just constantly have deficit, constantly overspend, constantly do a retail therapy all the time. You know what that is? When you feel bad, you just go buy something you really want. You'd be like, oh, you feel better, huh? And, and, until you wake up, and then you realize, you know, you were a poor steward. And on and on and on and on. I had a lot of issues, and and, and that those early years, through the help of my mother and through the help of great brothers in Christ and solid biblical teaching and preaching and coming under the anointing, I would come to every altar call. I still answer altar calls. How many of you know you should never stop answering? I don't mean giving your heart to Jesus. There's a conversion experience where you receive Jesus. I'm not talking about that. You need a touch from God. That's me. Amen. I'm going to answer altar calls coming up. I'm a guest speaker. Other guest speaker guys will speak. And I'm going to answer their altar calls, and I'm going to get touched by God. I'm going to have an impartation. Some of you think like, no, that's for those who are not quite spiritual mature. You, you've, you're, you're, you're so mature that you've over-ripened, and you, you stinketh. Don't ever lose your zeal for God. So in, in my life, in those early days, I was aggressively like, okay, I, couldn't, I had such an anger problem, so I did a word study on anger. Some of you should do it. And I memorized scriptures on anger. And Pastor Karen, she, she did a word study on, uh, on the power of your words. And it's amazing when you study the word how then God uses that to set you free. And so as time went on, I got set free from those things. And then I got to a place in my walk where I was somewhat complacent. There's a war. So you can get... When things start doing good and, you know, you're able to make your payments and you're balancing your checkbook, if I could say it that way, and, and you're taking care of things and things are relatively good, like your life is working. When your life is working, it can be very dangerous because what you, what you can stop doing, you can rest on your laurels. So it's all working right now. So really, do I have to fast? It's all pretty good right now. So, you know... Well, the Lord allowed me to be in a place of desperation for a number of, th- a number of reasons. Uh, I believe he allowed me to be in a place of desperation. I just didn't get simple answers to prayer. I still have one that I've been praying for since I got saved, and that's the restoration of two daughters of mine, and one day it will happen, but it has not happened yet. I know felons, I know felons and murderers that have more rights than I do. I don't get to see them, no contact, they don't write. They don't take my stuff. I'm blocked on all social media, but God. Come on, somebody say, but God. All right. Let me say, uh, as we get into this, that you have to tear down strongholds. So let me give you, Eduardo Silvoso is uh, a a hero of mine. Apparently, he's going to be in the valley uh, at Real Life Church, and I don't know the dates, uh, but he is legend. And I'm just going to tell you, go. Unless it's Sunday morning, you come back here, you go to church here, you come here. Amen. But go to the... (laughs) You know when people are are not committed, when they just flake off and go somewhere else on a Sunday morning. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Eduardo Savoso. Eduardo Savoso is a 
uh, a tremendous man and who teaches along the lines of marketplace ministry. But back when mom and I saw him at the Haggai Institute, which actually will is, is a part of our network of, we're trying to buy the hotel. We'll see what happens. The Haggai Institute were there. And do you remember when we, when we saw him? This, it was the Sunset Hotel back then. And, we, and I never forget what he said. I, th- I think I was saved for 13 seconds back then. And he said a stronghold is a mindset that's, impreg- a mindset that's contrary to God's word that's impregnated with hopelessness. A stronghold is a set way of thinking that's contrary to God's word that's impregnated with hopelessness. And strongholds create a double mind. So you tithe, you give, you believe God. God's going to open up the windows of heaven. And then you have two days before you have to pay all your employees. You have a stronghold. And you don't really believe that. You're like, he stinking left me again. Man, God, I taught. And you just lose your mind and camp out on the other side of your brain that says that God's not good. He's not coming through for you. His word's not true. You're double-minded. And people live that way in their marriage, live that way. They, They live that way all over. So if they don't see it, they don't believe it, then they falter. You've got to tear down set ways of thinking that are lies. A stronghold is a lie. All right. Let me say, first of all, that Satan is the ultimate legalist, and he looks for opportunities to bind you. He looks for opportunities. In Luke 22, he said, Jesus says to Peter, he calls him Simon, Simon, which is not his name. His name is Cephas. His name is Peter, but he says Simon, Simon, which is the key. Satan has asked to sift you. Look at Luke 22. Turn there, please. Luke 22, verse 31 to 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. I like that. Satan has to ask. He can't just do stuff. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Satan is accusing Peter because there was something within Peter that he could be accused of, and the key is Simon, Simon. It's a reference to his pre uh, his pre-salvation days, if we could say it that way, and don't, don't like blow that out of proportion. It's a reference to the way Simon was before he got renamed by Peter. So Simon, Simon. It's a reference to his fallen human nature, if you ask me the way that I see it. So there was aspects about Peter that that made him a candidate to get sifted. I don't want to be a candidate to be sifted. When you believe a lie or when you behave in ways that are contrary to God's word, it sets you up potentially, potentially, everybody say potentially, potentially to be a candidate. I don't want to be a candidate for anything the devil's doing. No offense. I did that. Don't do that anymore. There's a battle for your mind and for thoughts. So in context, let me quickly bring this through. The Apostle Paul's facing opposition in the church, which is, I mean, if you're doing anything for Jesus, you're going to have opposition. So don't be surprised. Consider it not strange, brethren, that you face all kind of fiery trials. I can't believe they don't like me. Yeah, they don't like you. They don't like you. They don't like Jesus. 
but Jesus likes you, and he, he loves you, and he's got this amazing plan. And so, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, grow a spine, amen, and realize that you, you, you're doing something for God. You're going to have people that don't like you. We've had all kinds of people that don't like us because of our building. And all kinds of people that say, well, you're not going to put that cross on the building. Don't want anybody to think this is a religious community. Too late. So there's lots of confusion about all of that. It made us look like we were trying to drive our agenda and put up a cross. It's years ago. Probably some of you don't remember, but I remember. And we had an article written in the newspaper about church trusts or, you know, whatever. Their perception was that we were being, you know, sneaky and trying to put this cross up at 65 feet above everything and fool everybody and put it up and sneak it on. That's not what we were trying to do. We're doing everything uh, across the board righteous. Amen. But there was, there was confusion, and, and we were in the wrong, and so in the end, we couldn't put our cross up. Good news is, I didn't want to put it there anyway. I actually wanted it above the Welcome to Wasilla sign. And so, it's within our right. I don't have to ask anybody. It's code. And so, it will be big and loud and strong and 35 feet, 35 foot high steel cross. You say, why are you saying that? You know why we didn't put it up yet? Because we just want to pick our shot on that one. And so you'll drive in, you'll see Welcome to Wasilla, and you'll see a big 35-foot steel cross, beautiful, with, with a, if you've ever seen everybody going to Vegas, I'm sure you went just to eat and buy clothes, but in Vegas, in Vegas, there's a place called the Excalibur, and it shoots a spike of light off the top. We have one of those coming off the top of the cross. So... Pretty exciting. That's, that's Wally's special touch, the light. So the Apostle Paul's facing opposition. You're going to face opposition. Your family might not like you. Your main neighbor might not like you. Come on, do the right thing. Walk in grace and humility. So the Apostle Paul's dealing with it. And what they were doing is the enemies of the Apostle Paul, and it's really the enemies of God, were demeaning Paul's authority. They're undermining him. They're undermining his authority, and they're... And they're they're, they're speaking lies. They're boasting about how great they were and, and, and how little he was. They're, they're, they're taking advantage of the church. And I'm going to tell you that there will be people that will come that will try to take advantage of the church. There's people that are going to come and maybe accuse me of something. Have you ever been accused? Dozens of times this week. So I'm just telling you, if you hear something about this church or about me that you wonder about, why don't you come and ask? Come and call me. Call me. Call my office. Talk to staff. We'll answer you. I'll meet with you. I'll answer your questions. Happy to do it. Everything's an open book. Somebody said, you have to pay a lot of money to be a part of that church. That's right. Let's move on. Why would you do that, Pastor? Just to grind it a little bit, you cheapskate. Really, the, the God of many people is money. No, I'm a, we don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. You need God's blessing. I'm not afraid of teaching it to you. All right, so Paul, Paul is dealing with this demeaning of his authority, his character, and he's, he's dealing with it by talking about a stronghold. And he defines a stronghold. Look at verse 5. As arguments, the arguments, verse 5, you all there say amen. Casting down arguments, arguments, 
reasoning, thoughts, attitudes that lead to certain actions. And there's, there's two Greek words. One is, is arguments, reasoning, thoughts, attitudes. Every high thing, that's the second Greek word. New Testament written in Koine Greek. So when you read something, sometimes you have to go back to look at the original language to really understand because you're reading a translation of the original language. And there are bad translations as well. So arguments is one Greek word. And I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to bother. And then two, uh, every high thing. High things are pretensions, arrogance, but it could also mean, and this is where it gets a little intense, it could also mean cosmic power. You heard me. Cosmic, cosmic power. What is that? It's power in the heavenly. And what's fascinating, and Eduardo Cervoso teaches this, he used to be one of his primary teachings. He teaches on the ecclesia, or uh, the, the church now, and the marketplace. So they really go together. Seriously, if you can get a way to go to that, it's going to be amazing. And if I can get there, I'll be doing that. I don't know the dates. Go look it up online. It's going to be awesome. It's, there's powers at work. All right, let me say it this way. When... When you have a group of people that think a certain way and have a propensity towards a certain sin, like, let's, since we're talking about Vegas, let's go ahead and take Vegas. There's things that happen in Vegas that allow for, for uh, uh, the heavenlies to be empowered. See, you're made in God's image. I'm made in God's image. We're made in God's image. And, and as we think, so we are. And we can literally, the way that we live will affect whether there's an open heaven or whether there's, whether there's a closed heaven or demonic activity. Right. See, some of you wonder why you've been pushed around and beat up all this week. Think about what you were thinking about all week. Or think about who you're connected to. Think about, think about what sin you've done, maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe. Right? So... Literally, what he's saying is that there is an atmosphere that is affected by the way the church, the way the people respond, the way that people live. So if you're filled with lust and you have lustful activity, like if I just pick Vegas or some other place, then you have a spirit of lust that begins to move in the heavenlies. Does that make sense? So here's the good news. The good news is when people come to Jesus and they throw off their lust, then it begins to clear things. And I'm going to tell you, something is happening over this land. Something is happening over this territory. Something is taking place where God is touching people. They're throwing away the lies or their strongholds. They're getting renewed and they're getting on fire. I'm telling you, the opioid crisis is not going to get worse. It's going to get better and leave. God is pouring out His Spirit and He's going he's to clear the heavenlies. There's an open heaven that's begun. And I really honestly believe here there's a measure of that. Every guest speaker I have that comes, they all say the same thing. Doesn't matter what mega church they came from. They say, man, I like preaching there. You know why? Because for 20 plus years, we've been praying. We've been contending. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to quit. We're not going to let up. We're not going away. We're going to live holy and blameless by God's grace and power. We're going to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We're not going to, I'm not going to allow for a lie to stay in my mind. And if you do allow for a lie to stay in your mind, it'll be your ruin. 
I'm trying. So there's a battle for your mind. And that's contrary to what culture says. Well, as long as you believe, you just do whatever you want. You know, if, that, if that's your personal truth, well, then that's your personal truth. You don't even believe that. I don't believe that. We don't believe that. There is absolute truth biblically. Fears, worry, anxiety, anger, unforgiveness. My, my, my. How do you tear down a stronghold? How do, you, how do you tear down a stronghold? So stronghold, a stronghold in your mind. So it's like in your mind, there's a fortress of the enemy. In what area? Whatever area you're believing a lie in. God don't provide. Yeah, you're, you're being lied to. Well, I can't do anything. You're also being lied to. It's never going to work. You're right for you, but it's also a lie. Whatever, listen, as you, if you, believe, you can't separate the way that you behave and the way that you live from your thoughts. What your thoughts are, are the way that you behave. That is what you can say. I love the word. I love the word. I love the word. I read the word. I read the word. But if you don't ever crack it, you never read it. You don't, you don't pray it. Don't shut up. How to tear down a stronghold. Well, you know, first of all, you got to realize you have one. Well, how does that happen? Okay, so I'll pick on myself. Recently, I had someone who I deeply respect be very concerned about me being prideful. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, hmm. And I was glad that, I, that the immediate knee-jerk reaction was, no, I'm not, come on. Because <laughs> that would be an indication that you are prideful. So I was glad that didn't come right out, although I thought it a few steps later. And I said, Lord, what did I do to, to have that? And that's not the first time I've been accused of that, and it won't be the last. I'm full of passion, full of fire, and I could be misunderstood. And I have pride. Don't look at me. You guys have all kinds of issues. I counsel some of you. I know. <sighs> Pastor's got pride. So do you. If you have flesh and you struggle with that, we all struggle with it. Some more than others. <laughs> we all struggle with stuff. So when that came, it, it hurt. And, uh, you know, I got off the phone and I thought, Lord. And so I decided to dig a little bit. Let's actually see. Let's see if I have a pride problem. And I discovered they're right. And then in my, you know, your mind's funny. It wants to try to defend yourself. You know, pride will always defend itself. Humility doesn't do that. Humility will just take a shot and eat it. Turn to Matthew uh, 11. How you tear down a stronghold, first of all, I wasn't confident that I had a stronghold of pride, so, but, but maybe, because I realized, maybe. How many of you know you could have something that you're not aware of, right? Deception, the thing with deception is you're deceived. I don't want to be deceived. So it's good to ask the Lord, Lord, do I have a pride problem? And he was sort of quiet, which I really didn't like. And so I started studying on, on humility and pride. And as I looked at it, I, I took 
and put together a, an acid test, and um, it stings a little bit because I, I fail. Let me just give you these for those of you on humility and pride. And this is how you expose a stronghold and how you tear it down. The truth of God's word. Say it. The truth of God's word will expose a lie. So when you come up on something in your life that the word says something opposite, the word's not wrong. You, sweetheart, are the one that's wrong. Sir, ma'am, Bubba, Jethro, if you come up against something you see it in the Word, you'd be like, I don't believe that. Guess who's jacked? You. You know, as opposed to, well, like, well, I don't believe that. There's all kinds of people that make up, like, false doctrine because it doesn't work for them and they don't believe it. Celestial sex partners. Had to be a pervert that created that. Let's move on. All right, so seven proofs, and this is a review for some of you in the ETS. Seven proofs, all right. One, a te you're teachable. If you have humility, then you're teachable. If you have pride, you're not. A teachable spirit. So somebody says to you, you know, I was thinking about this and that, and I saw the thing that you said or whatever, and I, I just want to tell you, I don't think that's right. And if you're like, well, I think it's right, and you just constantly pull out your, your verbal judo, and you're going to prove yourself right. Yeah, you're prideful. You should just zip it and listen. I hate that one. Let's all repent. Jesus, have a teachable spirit. You know, don't raise your hand if you know someone like that. They can't be taught anything because they know. It's hard to fill a cup that's already full. <laughs> teachable spirit. I think that's a combination of like avatar and uh, kung fu. All right. <laughs> oh, lots of scripture, but let's keep going for the sake of time. So proof, you have a teachable spirit if you have humility. If you're not teachable, you have a pride problem. All right, two, second proof, you see your own personal faults. Now, here's the thing. I, and and well-meaning folks were like, Pastor, you're not prideful. You've got zeal. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I was encouraged by that. But, you know, if the Lord says you have a problem, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. He's right. So if he tells you you have an issue, I would strongly advise that you come into agreement with him. And then you get rid of it. You renew your mind. You change your behavior by, by changing the way that you think, by getting the truth of God's word. You see your personal faults. Pride, pride doesn't see any personal faults. Pride is defensive. Is this her? You okay? You need a little blankie or something? Should we pass out pinkies right now? Humility is quick to take responsibility for personal faults. And I, it's, I don't know. It, I have to repent a lot. Does anybody else have to repent a lot? Oh my God, Michael, it's like every day. You know what's crazy? So I started studying them on pride and humility, talking about strongholds. And I realized I have some issues. I'm about to get to the one that I, got, that I really failed on. And so as I combated it, it got worse. <laughs> My gosh, it's terrible. Third thing is gr being grateful. 
Don't ever lose an attitude of gratitude. You lose gratitude, you're in big trouble. You start complaining. That's what pride does. Complains. Oh, I should have got a should have huh. Come on, should have given me the huh. 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 Oh, well, you know, if they're really so, oh, zip it. I should have been the one. Well, if you should have been the one, you would have been the one because God would have made seen to it. So I guess it ain't time for you. No, you don't understand. My boss, oh, stop. Who's up in heaven? Who's in control of all of it? Eat dirt, serve. Love God, be happy about it. You say, well, I don't get what I deserve. You know what you deserve? You deserve death. So just remind yourself of that. You all, we all deserve to be crispy critters. Every one of us should have been fried. But but the love of God, come on, the love of God. Why we were yet sinners, come on. Why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I've been redeemed. I've been washed. I've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a new creation, but I deserve death. Jesus took death in my place. He was a propitiation for my sin. Somebody ought to shout in the house of God. So be grateful. Don't be an ingrate. Prideful people are ingrates. Four, sees value in others. A prideful person doesn't see value in anything. They see people as things, and they don't value them. Somebody with humility sees value in others. I was doing pretty good, I think, and I had my wife help me with this, but I failed on number five. Or kind with other people's faults. And when I got to that one, I just thought, no, I'm kind of impatient. And I can be a jerk. My staff knows. I've repented already, so it's all on the blood. <laughs> Pride is, is quickly exasperated. And you're filled with pride. You're, cris- you're crispy. Crispy. I think I need to eat dinner. When you're filled with pride, you, you quickly, you quickly, you quickly light off. It's like the fuse is there. Boom. I can be like that. Don't raise your hand. I know you can too sometimes. And so when I got to that, I was like, oh, man, I, I got to change that. I could just get frustrated certain things, and I can snap off and hurt people's feelings. Not as bad as I used to be. And please don't make it into something like, oh, behind the scenes, pastor's an ogre. <laughs> if I was an ogre, we wouldn't have staff on for 10 plus years unless they were high level dysfunction and were, you know. Well, the point is, is that you can tolerate people that are abusive if you're unhealed. The, 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 beautiful thing in our, the beautiful thing in our church is these staff pastors that have been on for 30 and 40 years. Either you're like a high-level dysfunction person sticking around for more beatings or something's good. When you grow in Christ, you realize that God wants the best for you. I don't have abusive relationships. Oh my gosh, I'm so convicted. And yet, I'm, I'm the one that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the worst with my own family. Please don't make it something it isn't. But I'm convicted. Look at that. The flesh is crazy, and I'm even trying to defend myself so you don't think that I'm something that I'm not. But something that I am is bad enough. Let's all have a praise break, because I can't take it. I'm getting hot. Jesus. (laughs) 
Let's talk about somebody else's sin. Let's come over here. <laughs> oh, man. The meat of the word is that it's a word that hits you, and you're like, wow, I've got to change. Don't make an excuse. Don't turn the page. You ever want to cut some scriptures out? That's bad. You get the, your name cut out of the book if you do that. Don't do that. Repent. And so I found myself, oh, I have like a stronghold. I, God, help me. Who am I to snap off, to light the fuse, to be short with people? And I have more faults than them, I'm pretty sure. Oh, but not in that area. That fallen human nature dies hard. Let's move on. Talking about strongholds, and I'm, I'm being transparent to tell you that the Lord attacked my pride this week, and I'm endeavoring to kill it by renewing my mind and changing my behavior. And then what I found is I'm so aware of it now Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you, okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, some of you aren't going to raise your hand no matter what happens tonight. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you got to go to another level in your walk with God, okay? Because he wants to make you, conform you into his image. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you something, it ain't so much fun. But come on, he didn't promise you a rose garden. Never promised you a rose garden. 70s flashback right there. He gave you, he promised you the blessing of God. He promised you the promised land for sure. But getting there, the renewing of your mind and tearing down strongholds is for the mature. And it really, everyone has to do it in order to mature. If you want to get healed and whole when you're confronted with things, it's preached to you. Listen, listen to the word a lot. Soak yourself in the word. Read the word memorize the word and when you come up against something that your life is jacked up according to that thing change how memorize a word and ask God by the power of his Holy Spirit to help you then get some friends get some tough folks like this crazy guy I, I've got people around me you know that, that'll pray for me I'm glad it's not lost come on I'm not looking at anybody I'm looking up now I, that's gone. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm glad I'm not like other men. Careful. So, and as I'm preaching, I'm just telling you how it works for me. I have like this duality experience. I'm preaching to you. It's sort of a fun message. I'm almost done. And then the Lord talks to me at the same time. So I, I'm talking, you know, it's not lost. And he's like, amen. I'm like, amen. And then, you know, keep going. And he's like, but I have some other things I'm going to show you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's good. Hey. Hey. Oh, Jesus. Can you show me after I finish the message? <laughs> and he says, well, we'll see. I'm like, okay. Keys, please. Proof number six, does good in secret. Humility does things when it doesn't look for approval. Pride's constantly looking for a pat on the back. 
God knows I used to do that. I think I'm done with that. Amen. Pride naturally wants to draw attention how devoted we are, how spiritual we are, how intelligent we are. Pride. I've seen people manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I've seen people fabricate manifestations. Careful now, careful. I've seen them fabricate manifestations so people think they're more spirit-filled and more anointed and more on fire and more intimate with Jesus. So how do you know the difference? I don't put my mouth on that. I just only know because I felt like the Lord spoke that to me. Could be wrong. When we get to heaven, we'll all know. We've had people that come in and, and want to do their, their thing, so, you know, before the Lord. We don't do the looky-loo, um, you know, you get to put your spirituality on display so everybody looks at you instead of Jesus. You'll be shut down so fast. This is the wrong place to do that. Oh, gen the genuine thing. <laughs> I remember Teal. You remember Teal. We were in a service in Kauai. Pastor, Pastor Vince and I served over there for, uh, for years. And, and uh, three years. You were there for 25? 27. There was this precious lady, Teal. And uh, I don't know. We were a Pentecostal church that acted like Baptists. What can I tell you? Um, you know, we were hoping for people to get set on. That was hysterical. I'll, I'll just keep going. We were hoping for people to get set on fire. And, and you know just God would move and people would kind of just be like, you know, not really enter in, it seemed. Well, this one service, Teal came in with a cane. She was hurting. The power of God hit the church. She was like in the middle here. And she, I saw like, like lightning hit her. And she's like, whoa. And she, she started dancing right where she's at. And she just turned and said, get out of the way. 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 She moved her way all the way through. Do you remember this, Pastor Vince? She got to the outside. She came up front and threw her cane to the ground and danced all over the front. Totally healed. Totally healed. You can do that if you want to. Hey, Amen. there's nothing wrong with that. There's everything wrong with doing something so that everybody looks at you so they think you're spiritual, you pride-filled person. Can you say amen? And the last proof, and then I'll tie this up if I can. Worship team, would you come? Seeks to benefit others. Humility seeks to help others. And this is this great scripture about Jesus. Philippians 2, 3. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ. Wow. So you want to tear down a stronghold. So if you're struggling with lust or you're struggling with greed or you're struggling with anger, I mean, just fill in the blank. If you need a catalog of, of flesh that you might be struggling with, go to Galatians 5 and go read through that and see how you're doing. If you want another catalog and, and, and you think you're loving maybe, go, go to 1 Corinthians 13 and read it and watch how you bounce out of bounds about through half of it. And look what love is. Look, 
Look, look what these things are and then look, look at the life of Christ and then match your life up. And if you see missing pieces, well, th those are things that you need to alter that God wants to heal in you. And it's not so you can earn his love. He loves you just the way that you are, but he loves you so much he refuses to leave you that way. And then when you come to Jesus and you believe on him and you begin to tear down these, these lies of identity and these lies of anger and these strongholds, mindsets, set ways of thinking that are contrary to truth. Because what they do is they set you up to, to be interfered with by cosmic power. Back into the main text. Jesus said, he has no hold on me. And they went out, Satan is coming, but he has no hold on me, Jesus said. Let me ask you that. Does Satan have a hold on you? Maybe. Why don't you break that tonight? Why don't you break agreement with that? The Word of God, hearing powerful messages, anointed messages, this is how you, you break it. Constantly be in the Word. And you can get topics on what you're struggling with. Lust, greed, anger. Amen. Identity. Most Christians, I'm just going to tell you, half the people here don't know really who they are. So you just identity theft everywhere. I'm preaching better than your amening. Trying to help you. Don't just rest on your laurels. Come on, get aggressive. Take some territory. Renew your mind and you'll walk in new blessings of God. It didn't happen like, they didn't walk into that kind of authority. That's, that's authority that stands and says, God, you said, I'm here. I got two days. Lord, you said. So in Jesus' name, thank you. I bind demon power. Loose the finances right now. You can't even pray that way unless you believe that way. You can't pray that way unless, you, unless your conscience is clear because you're tithing, because you're giving, because you're living right. Or you go to pray something and the Lord's like, ah, you got that thing. Like, ooh, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I receive your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, release you. Then you can start praying again. Oh, did I preach you tired? You okay? Let me make sure I didn't. Let me get back into my notes here. The truth of God's word. You've got to deal with lies. You know lies because your thoughts, do they line up? Are they biblical? Are your actions biblical? Are your thoughts biblical? You say, that's kind of religious. Well, let me know how it works for you if you want to try something else. I've been doing this a little while and I've walked with others hundreds and hundreds of years of victory and experience and blessings and miracles and favor and all of that and seen world changers birth and released and generations of them now. I'm going to do what they did. I'm going to do what the Bible said. I'm going to do that. You can do what you want to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk in victory. Come on, somebody say, man, I'm going to walk in victory. Be constantly under the word being preached. That's why we have so many services. We'll never not have services. We'll always have lots of services. Sunday morning, a couple times, Sunday night. Wednesday, we got Tuesday night, we got Friday night, young adults, youth. How many services you got? I don't know, we're gonna add a few more. Why not? When? I don't know, being led by the Lord. But you need to constantly be under anointed preaching. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit touch you and expose it to you. Expose things. Come on, the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right, all my ushers? Isn't that right, ushers? Amen. Isn't that right, greeters? Isn't that right, connect people, life group leaders, youth leaders? Isn't that right? Rely on the Holy Spirit. Guard yourself from false thoughts. 
Pastor Karen used to hang out with Mindy Lape. Mindy Lape was, she had to be kind of irritating for her, I think, but, but she was, that's not from God. That's not in God's word. Speak God's word. Speak God's word. It's word of faith background. So anytime anything came out of her mouth that wasn't word scripture, that's not in the word. That's not in the word. I want you to ask yourself what's coming out of your mouth. Is it in the word? Is it biblical? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it true? Is it holy? Is it noble? Is it admirable? Is it praiseworthy? Think on these things. And if you don't, then you're going to end up being derailed. You, come on, tear down your strongholds. Pray about everything with thanksgiving. Learn to forgive people quickly. You can tear down strongholds. I'm tearing one down currently. Don't know that I'm... I was a jerk again today. Oh, I was fasting. And I made the excuse. I'm sorry, I'm fasting. Oh, shut up. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for being mean. Thank God for the mercy. So I'm in the process of tearing down an aspect of pride. What are you in the process of tearing? Quit looking at me. What are you in the process of tearing down? Huh? Mr. Porn Problem? simple basic Christianity I'm teaching you I'm pastoring you tonight I'm not I'm not you know I'm not flowing so much in revival although this is a, clearly an aspect of revival because if you don't get your mind renewed and learn to walk like Christ we ain't having no revival revival is when there's an awakening an open heaven is when a, a critical mass of people throw off the lie and get so on fire they don't care what happens in Fred Myers they don't care whether you're accused of of, of whatever. You're like, oh man, you're a religious freak. I guess. Amen. Love Jesus. When you get free, somebody that's free from the opinions of men is very dangerous. Somebody who lives for the love of the Lord to become more like him, very dangerous to the enemy. I saw, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to believe a lie anymore. You can tear it down. You don't have to be bound anymore. You can be free. You don't have to be addicted anymore. You can be loosed. You don't have to stay in that prison anymore. Come on. You can, you can step out of the prison. You can step out from the chaos. You can step out of the dysfunction. You can be free. You can be healed. You can be loosed. Quit making excuses and grow a spine. You, can, you, you don't understand what I've been through. I'm not going to belittle what you've been through. I've been through some stuff myself. But at the end of the day, you will stand, listen closely to what I'm about to say. At the end of the day, you'll stand before God and give an account for your life. And there will not be your neighbor, and your dad's not going to be there. He'll have his own judgment. Your mama's not going to be there. She'll have her own judgment too. You will stand before the Lord yourself to give an account for your life. And so what I'm telling you is because Jesus did what he did on that cross and rose again from the grave. You can live free 
from the bondages of the enemy. You can be healed from your broken thinking, from your stinking thinking. You can be set free and learn to live a life like a spiritual athlete taking territory and bringing the kingdom. And when you enter in before the Lord on that great day, that great and awesome day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, on that day that we're not far from, I believe, on that day you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You can do it. You can make it. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You can tear down the stronghold. You can be healed. You can be free. You can be filled with joy. Come on, you don't have to be a mean, angry cuss anymore. You don't have to live a licentious lifestyle. You don't have to look for men constantly to affirm you. You give yourself to them so that you feel, so that they love you. They, they don't love you if they're trying to get that from you. Man, I'm preaching in here. Come on. You can live free. You, can, you don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. You need Jesus. You need the Word of God. You need the truth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will remain forever. Make a commitment tonight to tear down every lie in your mind. Every lie. Tear it down. Come on, tell him. I'm going to tear down every lie. Show me the lies. I'm going to tear them down. Come on. Come on. Come on, tell him. I need to say this. Some of you are an emotional wreck because you don't understand that your emotions, you see them as an entity in themselves. They're not. Your emotions are tied to your thoughts. Generally speaking. And if you'll... Focus him whose mind is stayed on him, says Isaiah. He keeps at perfect peace. Some of you don't have peace because your mind is scrambled eggs, baby. It's just scrambled. Worrying about this, worrying about that. What if I get COVID? Do I have to get the vaccine? I got the vaccine. What if I get it again? What if I don't get it again? What if we die? What if, what if the Taliban? Oh, no, 9-11. I mean, you just shut, tell yourself to zip it. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. So in the end, when the thoughts come, come on, if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, I'll have those thoughts that will come up. Like, uh-uh, no, nope, 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 nope. I don't do fear like that. I, I don't do it. I'm just, it's not, my personality's not given to that. I sort of run at crazy things. It's impossible. It's a gift for me. But when it comes, you see me running. It's time to run. I'm just telling you. When thoughts come, you have to bring your awareness to know whether a thought is from God, a thought is from the enemy, or a thought is from your own soul. There's three different voices. Am I getting through to you? There's three different voices. You have to discern which one is which. Gosh, I heard this story. It was so upsetting. It's only 840. It's a very upsetting story. Girls going to church, and uh, she is in communication with a guy in prison, which isn't bad, but she was part of a prison ministry, and she developed uh, an attraction for this man, and he liked her too. And, <laughs> and so they're they're going back and forth. So she's driving her car. God's honest truth. This is what happened. Driving her car. And she said, God, right now, if I see, I forget what it was, shooting star, then I'll know 
He's the one. He's in prison for the rest of his life because of murder. But I guess you can get married. What do you think happens? She sees a shooting star and she's like, oh, it's God. Just my marriage to him today. You will fabricate things that are not the will of God. Say, so what's wrong with that? There's everything wrong with that scenario. And if you don't understand that, well, stick around. You will soon. I don't have time to go into all of it. You don't, you don't, you don't say, oh, if I saw a rainbow, oh, if I saw a shooting star, oh, then I know it's God's will. That's God's will. God's will is revealing God's word, and then he'll show you that, and then he'll partner you with people that'll that'll confirm things to you. Okay, so I just, I don't I'm like, I probably need a juice or something. Sit down for a second. You guys make me nervous. Not really. I'm just kidding. I'm not nervous. You guys are legit. Awesome. What was I saying? You're like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I need a juice. I, I, I don't really. I'm not allowed to drink juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About the will of God. About the will of God. So I was looking at a building uh, and about buying, looking at it lease with an option to buy for the for KSM because we have like 90 students and people want to fly in from all over and go here and we don't have a place for them. Let me say this. If you have a, if you have like a, a Airbnb or you have a, like a mother-in-law unit at your house and you live right and you love Jesus and you tithe, <laughs> you live holy and you want to help us come into If you live like the devil, we don't want anything to do with it. But if, you, but, if you're, but if you do have that, that you fill those criteria, amen. Uh, you don't have a... Uh, FBI background check will be applicable and so if you'll pass that and you want to help us help with the students because I found this property it's like I felt like it's the Lord I press in I lean in I start praying I see I see the hand of God in certain ways and then I'm getting a check then I'm getting like oh, oh uh, Lord he's like hold hold so then I had a, I had a meeting and, and I made a meeting with Dr. Morocco we prayed we prayed going back and forth and then he said, hmm, you know what's going to happen? The school's going to become so big. He said, I think it's the wrong building. He said, you're going to move into the building. You're going to move into your new building. The church is going to grow so exponentially that King's, uh, the King School of Ministry will become something that they're going to want to come to from all over. So we'll have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students. We don't need five bedrooms. And so it's a step that we just don't need to take right now. And I just felt like, I just felt like, oh, praise God. That's, that's the word of the Lord. And I held up. Why would you even look? You're in the middle of a building project. Because you can, you, listen, faith moves forward. You violently move forward. That's why we're going to do it. We're going to get a building in, in Eagle River. Why? Because that's what we do. Aren't you, aren't you enough with 73,000 square feet? It's not my idea. We're just trying to obey God. But if you allow strongholds to shut you down and you don't know how to hear his voice, you'll derail yourself. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.